Hello, and welcome to Fit Code, where we talk about all things health and fitness. I'm your host, Leah Messenger. Let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back to Fit Code. It's your host, Leah, and I'm so excited to be back for our second episode. So I'm going to give you a brief background of what you can expect from this podcast. I My goal is to have one guest per month and ideally post once every week, but it might end up being, you know, once every two weeks. You guys can tweet or Instagram DM me for any guests that you guys want me to have on the show. And every week you guys can tweet me at FitCodePod and send me any of your fitness, health, or nutrition questions. And I'll answer a few questions at the end of every episode, which will be really fun. So you guys can like be a part of this too. Um, We also have an Instagram that you can DM me at, which is at FitCodePodcast. And yeah, just tweet me, DM me topics you want me to cover or guests that you want me to have on the show. My personal Instagram is at Messenger. Messenger is spelled M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R. So for those of you who don't know me, which you probably don't, my name is Leah. I'm a NASM certified personal trainer. I'm also a college student and I'm also a soon-to-be NASM certified nutrition coach. So almost done with that. Really excited for that. So I kind of got into fitness because when I left for college, I was kind of in a rut first semester and like of my freshman year and fitness and health kind of really helped me like get out of that rut and feel a lot better about myself and I'd always kind of been into fitness not really like dedicated to it it wasn't my passion at the time but I had always had to do exercise and lifting and I played because of my um high school sports that I played so I've always been pretty active my whole life, but since I got back into fitness when I went to college, it has been like my passion. And I love bodybuilding, especially like lifting for hypertrophy. I also really like functional training because it is kind of more fun for me. Like it's like being on a playground. Like I just, whenever I'm at the gym, I feel like a little kid on a playground and I'm just pretty active in general. I love slacklining and hiking. So I'm just like a naturally active person. Uh, Those are the things that I like to do. Eating right and recognizing the power of food is like really interesting to me because it's just crazy how much what food we put in our bodies can do for us and how it can affect us. And just like working out and eating right has really transformed my life and my body, including my mental health and my physical health. So it's really like a huge part of my life. And I'm so grateful to have found this passion. And since I have become passionate about it, I spend a lot of time reading journal articles about health and fitness. I try to keep up with the latest fitness trends or new developments in exercise science, but I'm not a doctor. So everything I say in today and every episode is from my personal experience, my education from my certifications, and just like personal research I've done. So let's just get right into the episode now. Today I'm going to talk about the main types of training or styles of training that I think are like the four main types. We're going to talk about form snobs. So anyone who's really just obnoxious about 
form, especially on Instagram, and how to lose fat, which is a question I get all the time. So four main types of training or styles of training are power, hypertrophy, strength, and endurance. So muscle power is where you're trying to build explosive power. You're exerting maximal amount of force in a minimal amount of time, which activates your type two muscle fibers, which are your fast twitch muscle fibers. Now this kind of training combines strength and speed. This is training that is most beneficial for athletes or people in sports. So like basketball, football, lacrosse, soccer, etc. And the goal of this training is to, like I said, exert a maximal amount of force in a minimal amount of time. So for this type of training, you're usually doing two to three reps and three to five sets, but it can really vary. But this is also seen as plyometric training, which are exercises in which muscles exert maximum force in short intervals of time with the goal of increasing power. It also can be used in ballistic training, which is the act of performing traditional resistance training movements such as squats and bench presses at high velocity and often shortened ranges of motion. It can also be used in resistance training or resistance training can be beneficial to this, which is a form of physical activity that is designed to improve muscular fitness by exercising a muscle or muscle group against external resistance. And then this is also used in Olympic weightlifting where the athlete attempts a maximum weight lift of a barbell loaded with plates. So it's kind of mixing both strength training and power training. That's what power is. Then you move on to muscle strength, which is just strength. It doesn't also include power training in it. And muscle strength or strength training is the goal, of course, is to improve strength. And the sports that use this the most are powerlifting, CrossFit, Olympic lifting, or like strongman. And this type of training also increases bone density and strength. So the bone density part is actually really important, which can be beneficial for a lot of people, especially people who do have lower bone density, which tend to be like older people. Um, This might not be good all the time for older people because it is focusing on strength. And sometimes this type of training can cause injuries. So It all just depends, but improving bone density is great for older people because it helps them, you know, when they're getting old and if they fall or something, they're not going to break a hip. But that being said, you know, it's mostly used in powerlifting and CrossFit and Olympic lifting, which are sports that you often hear people getting injuries in. So this type of training is usually two to six reps and three to five sets And you're using a weight or resistance that is 75 to 85% of your one rep max. Your one rep max is the weight that you can only do for one rep. It is the hardest weight, the heaviest you can go. So you would want to train at 75 to 85% of that. This type of training also includes way longer rest periods than any other type of training because you are putting so much stress on your body. So you want to rest for at least 90 seconds. The main lifts in this type of training are squats, deadlifts, bench press, and overhead press, but there are a ton of other lifts that are also included here. 
And form is really important. And like I've mentioned a few times already, injury is really common and is you hear about it, you know, all the time in CrossFit and it's common in the other sports as well. But this is beneficial for athletes like that are playing basketball, soccer, football, etc. Because you need strength to have that power. And so these two kind of go hand in hand for athletes. And you need strength to do power training, but you don't need power training to do strength. So it's kind of interesting to see how these play into each other, these styles of training. The next style of training is muscle hypertrophy, which is what you would see bodybuilders doing or anyone that's trying to increase the size of their muscle. And this does increase strength, but not necessarily. Increasing the size of your muscles doesn't always mean that you're going to get stronger, just like you getting stronger does not always mean the size of your muscles is going to increase. But muscle hypertrophy is building the size of your muscles and increasing muscle mass. So it also is really helpful for people who want to lose weight. I know a lot of people that want to lose weight are scared of lifting because they don't want to look bulky. But the thing is, is that when you have more lean muscle mass, your body burns more calories at rest. It does help a little bit with increasing your metabolism and burning more calories at rest when you have more muscle. Muscle hypertrophy can also help counteract muscle loss due to aging, and it also increases bone density. So this is the type of training I would definitely recommend for older people and kind of any type of person. This can be beneficial to everyone, regardless of your goal. If you're trying to lose weight or put on mass, or if you're just trying to have overall health, or if you're older and you're trying to, you know, not lose muscle or strengthen your bones, like this is great for everyone. This type of training is very versatile in my opinion. And this type of training is eight to 12 reps. And the way I would pick weight is I always tell my clients, we need a weight or you're going to pick a weight where your first, you know, say I'm doing 12 reps, your first 10 reps are difficult, but not bad. But your last two reps are very difficult. Like that last rep is hard. So you want to choose a weight where it's very difficult for the last two reps. And this usually is for three to five sets. You have like a moderate rate weight and moderate rest periods. In muscle hypertrophy, you want to use progressive overload, which essentially is when things get easier and they should get easier, you should have to increase your weight, increase your reps or increase resistance to keep making it difficult so your muscles can keep getting better and bigger so that they don't just adapt and stop, you know, growing at the rate you want them to. And muscle hypertrophy is all about time under tension. You you know, you don't want to be using a lot of momentum because you want that muscle to be under constant tension. And that's the way your muscles grow. The longer time it's under tension, the more that it's going to damage the muscle, which is what you actually want. Minimal damage to the muscle, just like a little bit. Because when that muscle tears and has that damage, when you're resting after your workouts, your muscle is going to repair itself, but it's going to repair itself bigger and better than it did before. And the last thing I want to say is that you must be in a caloric surplus to build muscle. So if you're under eating, you're not going to see that your muscles are getting, you know, very big because you're not giving your body enough food to grow those muscles. 
So if you are really trying to increase the size of your muscles, you want to be in a caloric surplus. The last type of training that I'm going to talk about today is muscular endurance. So muscular endurance includes prolonged muscle movements. So it's basically maintaining a consistent level of muscle force for long periods of time. And it helps your muscles sustain long periods of exercise, such as running, rowing, cycling, swimming. So, you know, marathon runners really use muscular endurance. And it also helps you increase the aerobic capacity of your muscles and it strengthens slow twitch fibers to increase their performance. So this really taps in more to your slow twitch muscle fibers rather than say muscular power, which, you know, taps into your fast twitch muscle fibers. This can be anywhere from like 15 to 20 reps, maybe even more for some people and one to three sets. It's at a light to moderate weight and little to no rest periods because you are trying to increase the aerobic capacity of your muscles. This usually is training larger muscle groups or muscles such as like your quads or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so for like cycling, you're going to want to, your quads are going to be used a lot or for rowing, your quads are also going to be used a lot, your hamstrings, a little bit of your back, you know, so it's like a little bit of everything swimming. It's like a full body endurance and running's full. All of these are mostly full body endurance, but you're going to be using large muscle groups and recruiting all your muscles, but you're not really focusing on accessory muscles when you're training for this type of style of training. So those are the four groups of training. If you guys have any other questions about it, you can tweet me and I will answer, but I definitely would recommend muscle hypertrophy training for anyone who's just getting started or just like for most groups of people. That's just what I would recommend. And I think it's the most beneficial to the the vast majority of people. So our next topic is form snobs. Form snobs get on my nerves. That's what I have to say first and foremost. Form snobs are those people on Instagram that are constantly commenting on other people's form Or those people, they can't get over the fact that someone's form is a tiny bit off. First of all, it just makes you look like an asshole. Yes, form is important, but no, it's not the end of the world. Especially for fellow coaches and trainers, being nitpicky about your client's form will probably discourage them. And at the end of the day, if it's not something that will be the difference between them injuring themselves and them not injuring themselves, then it's probably not important enough. The whole point of moving and lifting and exercise in general is to make your everyday movements easier and more efficient. So if it's not going to be a big deal in their everyday life, because when you're squatting or picking up stuff, you know, that is going to translate into you picking up things at home or squatting down to reach something or the whole point of exercising is to make your everyday life easier, more efficient and reduce injury in your everyday life and form is important and if you're competing in some sport where your form will matter then obviously you want proper form and obviously we all want to avoid injury but it shouldn't hinder yours or your client's training and a lot of times trainers don't realize or inexperienced trainers often don't realize or people who are not educated don't realize that everyone's form may look different in certain lifts Especially because, you know, people's arms are different lengths, people's femurs and tibias are different lengths, like your leg and limb length will have a 
huge impact on the way your form looks. And so as long as the main issues such as like a neutral spine and knees are not caving in in certain lifts, things like that, or as long as those are being fixed, then you really shouldn't worry about the tiny little minute things that you can change about your client's form or tweaks that you can do. So it's just really obnoxious, I think, when people are commenting on each other's posts about their form and things like that, because yes, I know that sometimes it is trying to help someone out, but a lot of times it's just you trying to show off that you know more than someone else. And realistically, it's probably not that big of a deal. So that's my take on form snobs, but that's just my opinion. Anyways, so now I'm going to move on to the question of the week. So question of the week is a question I get so much from so many different types of people. And that question is, how do I decrease my body fat? Simple answer is you need to be in a caloric deficit. You can increase your cardio or everyday movement. For example, create a step goal for each day or pencil in 10 minutes extra cardio every day, or you can decrease the amount of food you eat, or you can do a little bit of both. So all of these things can create a caloric deficit for you. So a deficit is just eating less than your maintenance level. So it's putting your body in a state that is able to lose that weight, but you won't necessarily be losing fat if you're in a caloric deficit. You want to be losing fat and not muscle. And so you should be aiming to eat around one gram of protein for each pound that you weigh. So if you're 150 pounds, you should aim for 150 grams of protein each day. And you should also still be doing strength training to maintain the muscle mass that you do have. So if you aren't doing these things, then you might end up losing muscle and not fat. And so, you know, don't trust the number on the scale. It might be decreasing, but not for the reasons you want it to be. So measuring your actual body fat and muscle mass is way more important and a way better indicator. So, you know, eat high protein and continue doing strength training. And then if that number on the scale is going down, it's probably going to be the actual fat and you're not just losing weight. Because when people say, I want to lose weight, I'm like, well, do you actually want to lose the muscle mass that you have? Or do you just want to lose the fat on your body? And nine times out of 10, it's that people want to lose the fat on their body, not weight in general. So I think it's something that needs to be said more that or taught to people that they want to lose fat. They don't actually want to lose weight because so many things factor into your weight. You know, the amount of things going through your intestines, since I don't want to be too graphic here, um, that can hold a ton of stuff. Let me tell you, I think up to like 20 pounds, your bones, your hair, the amount of water in your body, how much you ate that day in your stomach. That's not actual fat. That is the food in your stomach or, you know, your skin, your organs, your muscle and your fat and your blood. Like there's so many things that factor into your weight that you don't want to be saying you want to lose weight because that doesn't tell me what you're trying to lose. You want to lose fat. So in short, be in a caloric deficit. So that can be through movement or through food. Incorporate one gram of protein for each pound that you weigh in your diet every day and continue doing strength training on top of that cardio. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Fit Code. Tweet me at Fit Code Pod with um, your questions or 
guest ideas for the show and follow our Instagram at fitcodepodcast. And I'll see you guys next week.